The Super 90s Brothers is brought to you by Speak Spokane and presented to you by Delicious Hamburgers. This episode of the Super 90s Brothers was brought to you by Giant Donut Marketing. Did you know you can hire a website developer, marketing director, and SEO specialist for 250 bucks a month? It's true. With Giant Donuts marketing, site maintenance, and paid advertising plans, you get access to the experts you need for one monthly price. See what they can do for you by reaching out to them on their website at giantdonutmarketing.com or any of their social channels. Mention you heard about them here on Super 90s Brothers for special promotions. Go check them out today. Super 90s Bros is brought to you in partnership with Delicious Hamburgers. Why Delicious? Since 1998, Delicious has been providing Spokane's best burgers. Why? Because at Delicious, the burgers are never frozen. Why? Because it tastes better. Delicious prides itself on fresh beef, fresh veggies, and made-to-order fries. And with a variety of sauces all made in-house each day, you can trust that everything is meticulously handmade the same way it has been since 1998. So what are you waiting for? Delicious is located at 1625 North Division Street. De-lovable, delightable, delectable, delicious. Hello and welcome to the Super 90s Brothers. I'm your host, Brennan. Along with me is Adam J. Pitzler. How's it going, buddy? Cowabunga, dude! Yeah, we're back at it with the with the Teenage Mutant Turtles. But uh, before that, we're 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 here. We're not talking about the weather. Uh, how yes. you been, dude? I'm I'm so good. Oh my god, T- 10 a.m. podcast call with you on a Thursday in in quarantine. What could be better? That's true. I mean, I I think there couldn't be anything better than doing a podcast at 10 o'clock in the morning it makes we're more awake you know like we're we're totally right right now if you heard like alzheimer's patients and people with dementia that they're like better in the mornings have you heard that i, I would believe it yeah well i'm like getting to the age where i'm better in the mornings is my point yeah, like, oh you're, you're we're just getting old is what you're saying exactly so i try and yeah. i actually have been the last two years really trying to schedule my appointments in the morning and like Everything after lunch, I like try and leave open to do more like whatever I want stuff. But like, if yeah. I have to like get in business mode and get something done, I want to do it in the morning. Yeah, I, I think this is great. I, uh, I, I take Adderall, and it makes me. It, it's all, I'm always better in the morning when I'm on my on my drugs. So uh, Richard Sherman over here. <laughs> Does he take Adderall? Remember, he got busted for Adderall in 2012. Um, um, and then he like challenged the decision and he won. He's like one of the only people that ever beat the NFL's drug test policy. Was he like prescribed Adderall? It wasn't that it was that like he had an issue with the sampling. I don't know if he is or not. He probably is. I mean, you've seen Richard Sherman. He probably yeah, is on all kinds of stuff, Definitely, but, but that definitely wasn't the issue. The issue was how the NFL mishandled his sample, but forget that. Yeah, uh, for sure. What we're really talking about today. Not Richard Sherman. We're here to talk about the teenage mutant ninja turtles movies. Ow. I, I'm excited for this. Uh, but before we get into it, I just want to say to everyone, thank you so much for listening. And I want to especially thank our sponsors, Giant Donut Marketing and CDA, um, also known as Coeur d'Alene, uh, but uh, Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. They are a uh, full service digital marketing agency. They can do website development and design. If you mention our show when you call them and you want to get help in any of those pieces, like they'll give you a deal because you heard our commercial or 
mentioned us, like mention the Super 90s brothers to them and get let's get them some work and then they'll maybe pay us more money. Can you and believe we're, we're, can you believe we're at a point in our professional lives, Brennan, where people drop our names to get stuff? That that's I can't believe that. It's like we well, need to wake up or or the people that are I just want to say like you should totally drop our names to the CDA firm if you if you mean to use them, but don't ever drop our names for anything else. People will laugh at you. <laughs> Um, or they would be like, who's that? Yeah. <laughs> Adam Pitzler. What a jerk. <laughs> Brennan Pointer, never heard of him. And also we, I want to mention, uh, our, mine and Adam's favorite hamburger place in Spokane, Washington, delicious hamburgers. Uh, also another one of our sponsors, uh, amazing people there, amazing burgers. If you're ever in Spokane, you got to go get a burger at delicious. It's so good. So. Yeah. Um, so definitely check out Delicious, and uh, we appreciate you guys listening to the show. And as always, you can support the show by giving us those badass five-star reviews on iTunes or Apple Music. You can also give us reviews on Google. You can reach out to us on Facebook and all that crap. But talk well of us online so that we can continue to get more sponsors and offer you guys cool deals. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and drop our name at Delicious, too. Maybe they'll give you some uh, secret sauce. Fries. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> An extra packet um, of ketchup. So, well, let's dig in, Adam. We're we're talking about two of my favorite movies from the early '90s. Uh, we're talking about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles one, or Ow. just that's the name of it, and and TMNT two, Secret of the Ooze. Ow, ow. Um, but first, we're gonna dig into the first movie, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Came out in 1990 of uh, of March. Mar sorry, came out in March uh, of 1990, and uh, it was I don't know. Like we've we I know we talked about video games earlier, but like this was a big deal. This movie was like a an eight year old's wet dream. Uh, I was six, and it still worked. <laughs> six, yeah, we were six years old, and uh, I. Do we, do you, we need to, do we have to go over the, the plot of this movie? Do we need to do that? Um, I'll do it. I can't okay, bear to listen to you do it. <laughs> I don't think I can. I don't even think I can do it. it. You guys, if you caught our end of days podcast, which we released last week, Brennan fumbling through the plot of end of days is it's some of the more perplexing audio we've recorded. <laughs> anyway. It's because I, I half watched it. It's like, cause I can, I you, just watched it, but I like watched it at night and then I woke up in the morning to finish it. And yeah, the movie still doesn't make sense to me, but go ahead and uh, give the synopsis of uh teenage mutant Ninja turtles, the movie. Well, I don't know that it's too complicated. We're introduced to this, this group of mutants that live in the sewers four turtles and a giant rat. And they love pizza and they love, I'm not sure if they practice Kung Fu or karate. They love martial arts. That's all they ever refer to it as. And they get sort of uh, involved in this plot that's going on with this street gang in the same city mm. uh, known as the foot. And the street gang, the foot is a band of like teenage boys. And mm -hmm. uh, they go around doing a lot of petty crime, like uh, theft, arson, you know, uh, tampering things like that like nothing too serious like they're not like murdering or raping anybody it's a bunch of like teenage boy crime and then in return they all have like this awesome clubhouse that like the foot builds for them so the incentive is 
the foot recruits all these teenage boys to go steal shit for them. And then they, they offer them this cool clubhouse where you can go like play arcade games and like throw <laughs> throwing knives and like leg wrestle and all kinds of shit all day with each other. And the turtles know a kid that gets mixed up in the foot that kind of helps them infiltrate it. And they want to help all these kids get out of the foot. And to do that, they got to stop the leader of the foot clan, the shredder. And mm. that, that's the movie. Yeah, that I mean, that really is. I mean, they are joined by two of the the best supporting characters in teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle history. Nay, uh, cinnamon history. Casey Jones Ow. and April O'Neil. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, that I mean that pretty much sums it up. Uh, the the Foot Clan, or yeah, the Foot Clan, or the Foot is an. I mean, it's a much different version of the 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 cartoon version, which were they were. I don't know if they were droids, droid, droid uh, I'm saying that wrong, but like robots. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, they were humans. Uh, I imagine they did that because they couldn't make them robots in uh, 1990. Uh, and even if they could, would you really want to, I feel like it works better with like teenage boys actually. That's true. But like what teenage boys are good at karate, like, like really good at karate. Like you can't find many good, like, like I don't what? know. Don't you watch Cobra Kai? That's true. I, I I do watch Cobra Kai. Uh, and New season just came out. I've heard mixed reviews, but seasons one and two are pretty fucking cool. I just finished this, the third season, and I don't know. It's it's fun to watch because it's it's two of my favorite characters from eighties movies. So do you find but, do you, uh, so quick aside on Cobra Kai? Do you find yourself rooting for Johnny and Cobra Kai way more than Ralph Macchio? Hundred percent. Yes. Oh, yeah. Like. I love his character and they totally redeem him in Cobra Kai. He's so much much of he's such a more likable character than uh Daniel is and uh I, and I think that's amazing writing that you could make Johnny Lawrence be a good guy and his, more likable than <laughs> than Daniel. His students are better too. Like the the main kid, the I forget his name. I think is the Hispanic kid. Yeah, he, uh, he's so much more interesting than like Johnny's son who's with Daniel and Daniel's daughter. She's yeah. not a, like everything about Cobra Kai is cooler to, to me than Miyagi Do. We mm -hmm. should stop talking about Cobra Kai. <laughs> but karate and uh, martial arts. Um, so, so Adam, how old were you when you saw this? I did see this movie in the theater with my sister and my dad. Actually, I think he took us on like the weekend it came out. And yeah. I remember it being a super big deal. Like there's a couple of movies from my childhood. I remember seeing the previews for and almost like having like spasms. Right. Cause I was so <laughs> excited. Like, and this was one of those movies. Like I, like I couldn't, when you're six years old and you're still discovering the world. And especially when you're six years old in 1990 and there's, there's no streaming services and, and what you, what you can do that you like is very timed. It's very limited. Like I knew like Ninja Turtle cartoon was on every Saturday morning at like 8 AM or whatever. Like you had that one little window. It's not like it is today now for six year old kids that have like unlimited windows of like everything they want at their disposal through the internet, whatever. In 1990, mm -hmm. we had such limited exposure to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and it was our favorite thing at the time. So to mm -hmm. learn that they were making like a real motion picture out of it and it looked like full budget, full badass. It was like getting, it was like getting a, a, a lifetime supply of Baskin Robbins. It's like, like if you loved ice cream, it's like somebody just gave you a credit card. So you go to Baskin Robbins whenever you want to get ice cream. Like that's how it felt because 
you were getting so much more of your favorite thing at a completely unexpected time. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I totally agree with you. Like I remember, I don't remember. Yeah. Like you're right. The commercial, I don't know. I was probably watching Nickelodeon or whatever as a kid, but like this, every little, little boy, like eight from, you know, five to like 10 or whatever, like saw this commercial and they had to go see it. Like you had to go see this movie. If you did not see this movie as a, a, as a boy in the early nineties and you, you missed the nineties. I actually just told a friend who's like the same age as me. And he's like, Oh, I'm, I'd like to sit in and listen to your podcast. And he's like, what are you talking about today? And I'm like, we're talking about uh teenage Ninja turtles, the movie from uh, 1990. He's like, never saw it. And I'm like, you never saw teenage Ninja Ninja turtles. Like what were you doing in 1990? You were, is he from seven, America? He's from America. You know, he's like, he's always no, like, not. He's like a average white guy who lived in Spokane. Like, of course you had to have seen this movie. Was like, <laughs> was he one of those weird families that grew up without a TV and like never knew what was going on? He said, no, he wasn't. He was a totally normal white kid. Well, he's so, not that uh, normal if he didn't like Ninja Turtles, but. Well, I don't know if he did. He didn't say he didn't like it. He just said he, never, he doesn't remember seeing this. Well, if you like it, you see it though, right? I'm not saying it's like it, he couldn't like it now, but he definitely didn't like it then. So he wouldn't have been maybe, my friend maybe, then. Maybe he has a bad memory and he just doesn't, re he just doesn't remember it. Um, well, but, forget uh, him. We're educating <laughs> all you good people about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles who probably did see it or you're genuinely interested in it because you're from a foreign yeah. market and you want to learn about our culture. Shout out to Cyprus. And uh, yeah, so I went and saw it with my dad. I actually remember going to see this late on like a weeknight. Uh, he actually took me to go to a Cub Scout meeting because he thought I might want to become a Cub Scout. Uh, we lived in Nashville, Tennessee at the time. We were just about to move to Spokane, Washington. Uh, and he took me to go see it that night. And I mean, the rest is history. Like, I mean, I mean, I was always, I mean, I was already a humongous Ninja Turtles fan. I cannot believe that you remember the activity you did with your dad before going to the movie, yet you can't produce simple synopses. I'm just, I, I'm. How do you remember know. that you went to a Cub Scout meeting? This was 30 went, years ago. I'm a, I'm a savant that way. <laughs> <laughs> did I you guess, join like, Cub Scouts? No, I didn't join Cub Scouts. Oh, I did. I quit after a year. Though. I didn't like it. It was stupid. Yeah, I wasn't really into that. That whole, I, I wanted to join Cub Scouts so I could do like the, um, what's the, the cars that go down the, like. The, down, not, yeah, Soapbox Derby or down, downhill. Derby. It wasn't soapbox. It's the other one. It's the one you just make. It's a little tiny car, like, and you just do it in a gymnasium. It's yeah, I know. I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm looking to see if I have mine on my trophy shelf to my left. I I was our den champion at that. Oh wow. Yeah. In fact, the pe person I beat in the den championship is Travis Ishikawa, who went on to play for the Giants and and like hit this famous home run to send them to the World Series like six years ago. He was wow. the best. He was the best athlete in like our little area of Federal Way, and we were mm -hmm. in the same Cub Scout like league, not the same troop, but the same like league. Mm -hmm. And he and I were in the finals together with this downhill racer, and his mom was the judge, and oh. I won. And his mom said he won. She was she's Asian, oh. and so she was being fiercely protective of him. And then all the dads stepped in and said, "No, no, 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 that kid won." Like the dads would not let it go down, and they gave me the trophy. Yeah, but I that, remember that. that. So anyway, Travis Ishikawa, great job becoming a San Francisco Giant. You were a great athlete, but don't forget, I kicked your ass at the downhill racer in Cub Scouts, and <laughs> and I beat you up that one day on the playground when you took my football. Oh wow, 
I was I was actually like as big as him in those days. He's so much bigger and stronger than me now. I don't want to fight now. I'm just saying back then in third grade for a day, I kind of pwned you, buddy. <laughs> um, well, did you own this movie on VHS? You know, I don't think I did. And if I did, it was brief, like my sister lost it or something. I don't ever remember owning this one. Um, mm. Oddly, I definitely own part two. Did you own it? Oh, I definitely owned it. My dad bought every movie, like any movie that he would like come home with movies at night sometime. And like in any movie that like he knew that I would watch over and over again or my brothers would watch over and over again, he would just buy it because it was probably cheaper to buy it than to never take the movie back from the from to Blockbuster and get late charges. So but we still did that every weekend. We still got late charges all the time. So <laughs> you, were, you were late charge family. We were very much a late charge family. We probably still owe some money to, to Blockbuster. <laughs> <laughs> that's how they could have stayed in business hired better debt collectors right uh do you have any initial re impressions to this movie when you were a kid like I other remember, than just watching I, it i remember being kind of blown away that even though it was live action they still it still looked real to me as a six-year-old mm. like the puppets and the costumes that they wore I didn't find it hokey. I didn't find it overly fake. I didn't think it was stupid looking. I thought they did. I remember thinking this as a six year old. They did a really good job of making them into real people is what I thought back then. Um, and I certainly liked it. I thought it was great. You know, it was Ninja Turtles in a movie. And there's this scene at the end where Shredder, or excuse me, Splinter has the final like kill. Like Splinter, Splinter mm -hmm. kind of saves the day at the end. Like he throws Shredder off a building. Um, and I remember thinking that was really cool that like, the master finished the job. And I, I remember thinking that when I was like, you know, six. Yeah. I mean, you can't let the teenagers kill, kill the guy. That's that would well, scar it, them for life. Maybe. I mean, it, it's never really, it doesn't really say how old these teenagers are. I mean, there's a pretty big difference between 13 and 19. That's yeah. Uh, the whole, uh, the teen, the fact that the mutant, the Ninja Turtles are called teenagers. Like I, it always like makes me stop. I'm like teenage. Like why? Like why did they go with teenage? Why didn't they just? I know that like I think they've dropped a teenage since. Like they're they're just a mutant Ninja Turtles now. Um, but uh, the whole teenage part is a very, it's a very weird word to look at. Like yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> it, I mean, um, there's unless you're a Ninja Turtle or a teenage witch. Like it's, <laughs> it's not like it's not a prefix you use a lot. I I would I would guess it had something to do with the marketing of it. Like we're going to, yeah. if we just call it Ninja Turtles versus if we call it Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, teenagers will read our comic books, I, I guess. And I suppose teenagers were the buyers of comic books at the time versus adults. That's true. Yeah. Uh, well, that's why Spider-Man's so famous because he was a, he was a, a teenager, a teenage superhero. Um, hmm. But yeah, I never really felt that, that the turtles were, were teenagers. No, they, they, always don't seem... act, they don't act like teenagers except that they love pizza. Yeah. Like, but I love pizza and I'm an adult. So that's a good point. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, what was most memorable about this movie for you? Um, well, I mentioned the costumes and the, the special costumes. effects, like how they looked, I think was my favorite part. My favorite character actually is Casey Jones. Oh, um, yeah. he's, he's played by this actor named Elias. I think it's Cotius or Cot I, I'm not I think it's Cotius. Cotius, I whatever. That guy's a really good underrated actor. He's been mm -hmm. in a lot of really good roles. Um, I've heard a, a couple of people compare him to Robert De Niro mm. in the way that he looks and the way that he performs. So I thought that was a really cool cast. And also, like, at the time, six years old, like, I was Mr. Like, 
little American sports players. Like I loved football and baseball and all that. And Casey Jones always had all that. He had like a baseball bat and a hockey stick and a golf club. And in this movie, he had like a lacrosse bat, which I didn't know what it was. And he like he bops Raphael with it and throws him into a trash can. It's not a not a it's a um it's a cricket paddle. Oh, I'm sorry, not lacrosse, cricket. You're right. I just um, used the wrong word. I know you're right, cricket. Yeah, why did they do that? Why did they get rid of the, is it? Does that seem more? I guess it's more effective than a hockey stick. But like Casey Jones had a hockey stick. It's more. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why. I, maybe the director was. It was like it was like it was his character. Maybe the director um, was from India and he wanted to get a cricket plug. Uh. Yeah, I mean, he was a the two like the two uh, human characters in this movie him and April and Neil are, are, are very memorable to me. I April Neil in this movie is really, really good. Uh, and is, you know, I don't, she's a, it, she's played by Judith Hogue, who is also a somewhat f- still a famous actress. Like she's been in a handful of things. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think what was most memorable for me was just how gritty this movie was. Like it was, a, I mean, it, in my entire life growing up watching Teenage Ninja Turtles, like it was cartoons and it was like play action figures. And then this came out, it was still colorful, colorful, but like the movie takes place in New York and it's more, I mean, it's always been in New York, but like this version is very gritty and, but, and it just had that more, that more realistic feel than like, you know, any other Teenage Ninja Turtles, like, stuff that came out even after it, like the, the CGI movies that have like came after, like they're all like, they're bright and they're, yeah, they're silly and they're nests. Like this was really, and it was, it felt like I was watching an adult movie as like a, like a six year old. I was just going to say that it has sort of an adult feel to it with childlike characters. Mm. Um, so yeah, like I really, I really, really, you're right though. Could you imagine them doing that today? Like having such an adult themed plot? with kidnapping and, and, you know, house assault, like those, those creepy foot people, like assault April O'Neil in her house. Yeah, they do. And it's and, like, uh, it's kind of dark and creepy at times. And then it's like offset with some kind of like bad humor here and there. But Brennan's absolutely right. It was, it was a lot darker than I think I expected as a six year old, but not in a bad way, just in like Brennan said, like a realistic way. That, I mean, that's something they've always talked about going back to for Ninja Turtles. Like they've, they, everybody wants them to go back to this gritty, dark, uh, more like real, like Ninja Turtle movie. Like, cause they always were taught, like when, when Michael Bay came on board to, to do the, the new version, like everyone was thinking like, oh, this is going to be a, a more gritty version of Ninja Turtles that we've always wanted. But like, I, I don't know if we're ever going to get that, but, but this was, this is the, I would say this is a, uh, the my favorite version of Ninja Turtles. Um, yeah. Um, wh- another thing that I was really memorable for me is when in the movie, well, I mean, I was six years old. I didn't know all the mythology and all the lore in the comic books and, you know, the the cartoon and all that. But when, when the movie came out, we actually got to learn about Splinter's backstory, which I thought was pretty interesting. And we thought we'd share it with you. I too was growing, particularly in intellect. I was amazed at how intelligent they seemed, but nothing could have prepared me for what happened next. One of them spoke. Pizza! Pizza! More words followed. 
and I began their training, teaching them all that I had learned from my master. And soon I gave them all names. Leonardo, Michelangelo. It's me. I love the backstory to the Ninja Turtles in this, and especially how Splinter becomes uh, who he becomes because it differs from the, the comics and from the, the, the TV show, the cartoon, because in the, in those, he was a human who became a rat and uh, which never really makes sense to the turtle story because they became, they were turtles that became mutant turtles, you know, like, uh, and so this made a lot more sense to me and it was very, and I just, yeah, that, th that whole scene when they're showing like the little turtles, like, practicing and like it, i thought it was so so adorable and but like there's, at the this same other, time, there's this other really cute scene where splinter's like in a cage and he's practicing like karate along with his master who's also practicing karate and then like splinter shows up and he's got some name like i can't remember his real name um but anyway you get to see Splinter as like a little baby rat doing like kung fu kicks in his cage along with his master like synchronized it's it is cute Oh yeah, it is. But uh, um, the one other thing that's very memorable about it for me is, and I don't know if you know this, but <laughs> um, is that Corey Feldman does the voice of Donatello in this movie. Ow! And yeah, I, I did know time, that. Every time I see his credit in the voice cast, I'm always like, "That is so funny!" Like Corey Feldman is like was the voice, and you can totally hear him hear a minute. Uh, but, uh, but another really interesting casting, uh, and this is not something that's memorable about it, but Sam Rockwell plays the head thug. Uh, and I need to go back and watch this movie now because I did not know that. And now that I'm thinking back to the movie, I can totally picture like a young, a very, very, very young Sam Rockwell in this movie. Yeah. I, I remember, I remember that now that you bring it up. Um, he was very young. Um, that is, that's, Hey, good casting, right? They saw talent. Yeah. Um, okay. So is there anything we don't like about part one? You specifically? Um, I mean, not, you know, not entirely. Like I, I, I think you're like one of the things I, I don't, I think they make Raphael really, really unlikable in this movie. And, I think they do that for a reason because they, they need him to be kind of assholey to like get the turtles to leave and like yeah, find he, out like kind of get into this get into this. But like yeah, he's, he's the he's the differentiator. Like he's different than the other three. Like the other three in Splinter, they're all kind of like pro company, you know, pro company employees. And he's like your one rogue pro me employee. Like doesn't even like like try to he doesn't try to join up with the foot, but he like goes undercover like and finds out about them. Like he's the one who finds out about the, the Oh, there's something dumb about the movie when they go undercover and they're, they're like gross turtle legs and their face is still visible and people like can't tell. <laughs> they're like, Hey, what's wrong with you? Like they, <laughs> they don't really recognize that they're giant turtles. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, going in, I think you meant, and you also mentioned like in the notes, like the movie is very slow. Like it's, it's actually like the first, like, the first two thirds of this movie is really pretty, you know, has a lot going on. But then there's a weird section at the end when they like go to this weird house 
in the middle of nowhere. Like they're going, I think they're, they're hiding out. Or are they going to train? I don't know what they're doing. They're hiding out. They're, they're hiding out and training in like this weird forest house. Yeah. And, and that part was always kind of, because like April O'Neil's like sitting in a chair, like drawing the turtles, like, and it was just like, what the, I, I never really understood that part of the movie. Uh, yeah, you're right. Um, would you say the movie holds up today? Uh, yeah. I mean, going back and watching it, it's still, it's fun to watch. I've, uh, I've shown it to my five-year-olds and they, they like this one, but, uh, they don't ask to watch it as much as they like watching like the, the most recent ones or even the second one, which we're about to talk about here soon. But yeah, I mean, I think it still holds up today. It's, I think it's a, a very nostalgic movie for any young, any young kid in the nineties who grew up loving the turtles because this movie is, is nostalgia. Like it's Ninja Turtles. It's the first live action version of it. We always wanted it. We always like, if you're a little kid, like we were pretty young, so we weren't probably talking about wanting a live action movie of this yet, but like this was the, this movie probably created that, that idea in your head that like, Oh, our favorite things can become, live action movies like with real people and so like i remember being a kid thinking like casting uh street fighter or casting mario brothers or casting which have all become live action movies and but like i remember doing that when i was a kid like you would always like cast like like who would play these characters and um i think this movie had a big big piece of that for me because like it made me b realize that like my favorite cartoons or video games could become live action movies. So real quick, we were about six when this movie came out and we were yeah. about 11, maybe 10 when power Rangers came out. And mm -hmm. I always thought power Rangers, which is pretty similar was so flipping stupid. Like I thought it was dorky. I thought it was for tiny little idiot kids. And I, I wasn't very old when it came out. I, what, what to you is the biggest difference between Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Power Rangers, and why did it speak to why did it why did one speak to us and not the other? And where do you stand well, on Power Rangers? Well, where I stand on Power Rangers is I don't I don't I did not like Power Rangers as a kid growing up. It, I had two younger brothers who really loved Power Rangers and and Pokemon. We won't get into Pokemon, but uh, but like I always felt like the, it was very kiddie. And I was in fifth grade when Power Rangers was really popular, and it wasn't very cool for a fifth grader to like power rangers and i also just think like we grew up in a very like male dominated society and something about like was, you know they were trying to appeal to both boys and girls in power rangers and that for some young boys that, that didn't really pass the, the so you're blaming the women in it you're saying you couldn't watch it because there were strong female roles and it made you feel fragile I'm not saying that's a good thing. I'm just saying that's probably why I didn't like it as much too. Like, no, uh, no, you're being too hard on yourself. It wasn't that there was girl Rangers. It's that the, the whole thing was so corny. It's like the whole thing was so corny with the bad guys and the big stupid puppet suit yeah. and things like that. Yeah. I mean, that's true. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think, uh, yeah, I, I, I will always have a fond memory of, of this movie. Also, so. who didn't think pink Ranger was kind of hot. So that's true. I mean, she, she was very, very attractive. But the show was um, dorky. It was a much dorkier family friendly version of Ninja Turtles. That's true. Um, but it's it's going strong today, just like Ninja Turtles does. <laughs> well, things that sell uh, to kids have lasted. My children, time. my kids love uh love every version of Power Rangers. Uh Yuck. 
so yeah well uh, um well let's 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 split up the show we're d- let's move on but let's talk about our song of the of the month oh uh, this this month's song that came out in march of 1990 uh is by alana miles and it's a uh, black velvet and i'm gonna play a little clip for you that's a bad song (laughs) it's a bad song but when you sent it to me i'm like what i don't even know what this song is adam like you don't remember black velvet no i i do remember black velvet but i don't remember it from the early 90s i remember it from going to studio k when i was in my mid-20s studio k was a dive bar here in spokane karaoke karaoke like you can't go to karaoke night without hearing this song you cannot for at least at studio k it was always a song that people sang Oh. It was always a song. Like if you went to a karaoke bar where there's regulars and there's people that have the one song that they sing, like, can we talk about those people for a minute? <laughs> <laughs> you know the guy. He's like always there every Thursday, and he's gonna sing some Sinatra tune, or it's a woman, and she's gonna sing some K-pop song or whatever. Like they have like a thing. They have like a niche that they show up and do, and they they do it seriously. And sometimes they're there alone. Like who what are these you- people? Well, they're all very sad right now because they can't go karaoke in uh, most states of uh, of America right now. But uh, yeah, I mean, they're, I don't know if they're, it's just, I don't know, people just like to perform. There's you know, a bar want- There's a bar in downtown Spokane called Charlie's and, mm. and all the theater people would go there to karaoke, like seriously, like th- theater people, a lot of them are like musical theater people, like they're song and dance type people. And so you could see why they would be good at singing and delivering and wanting to perform but if you went to like charlie's on the wrong night it felt like a really tense episode of american idol like they were all competing against each other for like applause <laughs> oh man uh yeah i even want I, I would love to just go sit and be in a karaoke right now I, it's going on like we live in spokane we're really close to idaho so and i know people are going over to idaho to karaoke uh but really? uh yeah, I there's some people I, I follow on Facebook. They're like, they cross the border and go karaoke. So, well, across the border, it's safe. So, so well, no, that, no Corona over there. So I hope you guys uh hope that brought back some uh, memories. Well, of, real quick, uh, my so I have this memory of being like six years old, and my mom was like cleaning the living room, listening mm. to the radio, and this song came on. I remember my mom had this old big girly feather duster. And this hmm. song came on. My mom stopped what she was doing and she went and she like changed the radio station, which she like never does. My mom is like so passive. She can like, she like finds the good in everything, but she right. hated black velvet. <laughs> she, <laughs> her out, she doesn't like black velvet. So I remember this song is like the only song I can ever remember my mom, like vehemently disliking. Is it, is it a song about, uh, is it about the, 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 the whiskey? Is that I, what it's about? I assume I don't I, I haven't heard or paid attention enough to tell you for sure, but I assume I mean, uh, well, well, that's not the last song we're going to play today because uh, we're going to move on to the the second best Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Secret of the Ooze. Uh, this movie 
uh, was fast tracked and uh, came out two years later. One uh, year. No, you have one year. Is it really one year? That is effing crazy. I know. It was, it was must have been fast tracked before it even like be. They were like this. Went and made this movie like immediately after this movie was released. They had to have. Uh, that's crazy. I didn't even know that. Um, so yeah, uh, came out in March twenty. Yeah, March of nineteen ninety one. Uh, so we were exactly one year older. Uh, we were seven years old now. Um, and I, you know, I have a lot of memories about this movie. Um, mostly because of, you know, it, it, we were in this world of Ninja Turtles now, like Ninja Turtles became like after this movie came out, became, they were just, it was everywhere. I mean, you couldn't, it was the most popular thing in the world at the moment that and probably super Mario brothers. Uh, so, uh, Adam, do you want to do you want to give the the plot of the the secret of the ooze? Um, sure. It's uh, they they find their origin story. Like they there's some evil corporation producing this weird chemical, and it's called ooze, and it causes gigantism in things. Like you you put it on things, and it it mutates and grows. And I can't remember how, but the turtles find out about this company doing that. And they want to learn. The turtles want to learn where they came from. They don't understand why they are the way they are. Why are we teenage mutant ninja turtles? And so they mm -hmm. go on the sort of like this journey of discovery to learn more about the ooze and the factory that makes it. But at the same time, the super shredder, actually just the shredder at this point, is also interested in the ooze because he wants to create like anti-turtles he wants to like use the ooze to create super monsters to fight the turtles and to help bring down the city and control the foot and so the movie's really just about the turtle clan fighting shredder's clan over the ooze and yeah I, and there's a there's a pizza boy named kino who's in it <laughs> yeah, and, and the shredder yeah. is and the shredder is played by kevin nash aka big sexy aka diesel um from wwf <laughs> wtw fame i did not know that um yeah, i just read that like this morning I have some really weird facts about this movie because I had to figure it out, like why a couple things happened in this movie. Um, firstly, you know, Corey Feldman did not re reprise his role as Donatello um, because he got arrested on drug possession, um, so he couldn't he couldn't re he couldn't do the voice uh, for some reason. But my biggest problem in this movie, and I don't know if we, if we should get there, but like I want to touch on because you mentioned. Toka and Razor is that how why weren't these guys Bebop and Rocksteady? And oh, like, I know. And 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 I and I have always like as a kid, you're like, why did they do like I don't you have no like association with Toka and Razor? Like they were they were nothing to us. It was Bebop and Rocksteady. Like that was the, the next that was a natural progression, right? Well, we were like and, seven years old at the time. And if you've been around seven-year-olds, not all of them keep up with everything. Not all of them are the brightest. There were tons of kids in my age range that saw the movie and legitimately thought that was Bebop and Rocksteady. Like, they didn't follow that it was two different monsters. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because, like, because you're right. That's what you would assume. Yeah, you would assume that. And for whatever reason, the 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 owner, the comic book writers, like the guys who own the IP to Teenage Mutant Turtles would not let New Line Cinema uh, use use the characters Bebop and Rocksteady. They objected to it. Uh, so that was that's why we do not that's why we were deprived of having a having them be Bebop and Rocksteady. And they so. were and the 
they were made by Jim Henson, uh, Tilka and Razar. Jim Henson Studio made the made the puppets or whatever you call the costumes. Yeah. And so, at the uh, time, like he was, he was it, right? He was the, the Oprah of, <laughs> you know, puppets. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, but before we, yeah, I, I always wanted to touch on that because I always it's something I always bothers me about this movie. But so we were, of course, one year older. Do you remember? Do you remember going to see this movie, Adam? Uh, no, I don't. I don't remember my theater experience, but I remember being a year older. This one, I just remember this one being on a lot more. I remember owning it. I remember like friends talking about it more. It seemed like this one was a little more upbeat and kid friendly, and maybe inspired more rewatches because of that. Yeah, I I feel like this movie was marketed a lot more heavily it was also toned down considerably um and like a lot more bright colors a lot more uh studio set pieces uh you know and yeah i mean i i don't remember seeing this movie in the theater but it, it definitely was marketed a lot more heavily and i definitely mem remember the build-up to going to see it i probably don't remember it because of how how much I, how much we were just indoctrinated with this movie coming out. I probably went and saw this movie at least twice in the theater. So, uh, but yeah, I was, it was, it was, I don't know if I, it's, I was definitely excited to see it, but like, it seems weird that a movie would like be so quick to release a sequel after the first one. Like, no studios do that anymore. Like, it's always like at least a year, I mean, at least two years before the sequel comes out, like, or three years. Like, I guess they were really trying to, to you know, build off the the success of the first one, but that seems really quick. Uh, well, it certainly can be done, but you you almost always end up sacrificing quality because mm -hmm. you you have to work with much tighter deadlines, and so there's a lot fewer rewrites. There's a lot more concessions made to get it churned out on time. You know what I mean? Like schedule mm -hmm. problems with actors you wanted or whatever. Like you have to be sacrificed. Like if they weren't on such a rush, they probably could have waited for Corey Feldman to get arraigned. And have them in the movie because it came out a year later or something, you know. So it's the kind of when you work with those tight timelines, it always costs you somewhere. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think they were really. I don't know. I don't think they really cared about Corey Feldman. Yeah, being that's in just the movie. an example yeah. how time. Can <laughs> no, I, know, I, don't, I, don't. I don't know. Um, but the so so for for me, I this movie starts off really cool. Like it starts off yeah. in like a sort of like a underground toy store like a basement toy store like kb toys always kind of felt and seemed to me if you guys know yeah. kb toys mm -hmm. and uh the foot soldiers are there and i can't remember they're probably stealing and the turtles show up and they beat the fuck out all these foot soldiers with like toys and i it's hard to explain because it's when you rewatch it it seems kind of silly because they're like knocking people over with like nerf bats and shit but mm. it was a pretty good combination of the turtles actually fighting plus toys that kids like. That is true. It was, it, it was, a. <laughs> as a kid, it was probably very, very funny and, uh, silly and yeah. And, but like as an adult, it doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, no, it's stupid. Like, I think there is a scene where like, there's Michelangelo or someone like uses a punch, like there's like a stand up punching bag that he punches and it like hits into a foot soldier. And then they, fall over it was just like it's yeah, it, um they they like it, confuse it, the turtle for like a punching bag at one point and they stop attacking him it's it's dumb 
Um, Casey Jones is effectively replaced by Kino, the pizza boy. Kino is a pizza delivery boy on like a, I think he just has a bike. I don't even think it's a motorcycle. I think it's just a bike or maybe it's a little moped or something. And yeah, uh, he, he loves martial arts and he becomes friends with the turtles and gets them pizza and helps them. And he's, there's this funny line at the beginning where he like, he's delivering a pizza and he, he says something to this girl, like, Hey, you want to go for a ride with me on my bike later? And she's like, dream on geek. And he goes, yeah, okay. But when I do, I'll dream of something a little thinner. And he like rides off on his moped. <laughs> I thought that's fucking cold blooded, man. <laughs> he called her fat and then drove off. <laughs> uh, there was this uh, other cool thing in this movie where they, they moved at some point, like the foot soldiers find out where their house is and where April mm -hmm. is. So they all like, they like leave April's house and they move into like this underground subway with all these yeah. abandoned subway cars that they convert into like this really awesome pad. Yeah. Uh, it was really cool. Like it, and it becomes a, yeah, it becomes like a really cool, like secret layer, uh, compared to their old place. Cause, uh, yeah, it's like an old, like an old abandoned subway, uh, like here's one theory for why they chose token razar over bebop and rocksteady to sell more toys do you remember the token razar toys coming out after the movie i do yeah, yeah. um i don't remember the kino doll um you mentioned kino and i was like i always wondered what happened to casey jones and it, it was because one of the reasons why casey jones didn't appear in the second one is because parents didn't like him from the first one he was a little bit too dark and um they wanted to replace him with a younger, more likable uh, character, I guess. And uh, so that's why Casey's not in it. Um, well, and, whatever. I mean, Kino was fine. He's a good character. Fine, yeah. yeah. Um, so Toka and Razar, Shredder and the Foot get a hold of like a snapping turtle. And shit, what the fuck is Toka? Is he like a coyote or something? Well, he's like a, he's, I, I think he's a dog. Like it, when, remember at the, when they become small again, like he's, he, I think he's literally just like a Malamute, like Husky. Oh, it's a like, wolf. It says it's a young oh, wolf. It's a wolf, but like, it's not a wolf. No, it's like, it, it looks like a little a fox or a little coyote or something. It looks, it looks really unintimidating. Yes. Um, <laughs> as, as a real life creature and as a animatronic puppet or whatever the fuck it you call is. Yeah. Um, uh, and yeah, I just, uh, I mean, they were, th th I think those characters were so, I mean, those like, they were stupid and they were, and do you remember we were like, they're babies, you yeah. brought me babies. So it's like token Razar weren't even menacing. They were like googly. They were like, gaga, goo goo, like walking around with big stupid eyes, like mm -hmm. bumping into things. They were, they were, they made them as unscary as possible. It felt like they, they were very unscary. And um, and I actually misremember this is the reason like Kino becomes, he goes undercover with the foot clan in this movie. Not there wasn't Raphael in the last movie, but uh, um, yeah. Oh, maybe that's yeah. true. I remember Raphael going undercover to like go out into town and stuff. I thought that's what you're talking about, but yeah. Uh, so, that is so this, this movie builds up to a very climactic scene in a nightclub <laughs> <laughs> where really? the girls were there fighting Toka and Razar and uh, there's entertainment at the nightclub and uh, Brennan, very big, very big rapper was there. Um, Brennan's going to get that audio for you right now. Ninja, ninja, rap, ninja, ninja, rap. 
holds um, up. It holds up so well. Um, if you ever have a minute, guys, go and watch the, the music video that that has no Ninja Turtles in it, um, and it's awful. It that song is, you know, that's why I love rap music today, Adam. Like that probably was my entry into rap music, to be honest with you, which is very very sad. Like that, well, that and probably the the you know the other Vanilla Ice song. Uh, MC Hammer was probably mine, but like oh yeah, MC Hammer, yeah, definitely, that's true. But um, MC Hammer is pretty similar to Vanilla Ice. <laughs> Yeah, they're yeah. Um, I think uh, Vanilla Ice was probably just a much more approachable to the to the masses, obviously. It's just for, a white MC Hammer. It's a white MC Hammer, exactly. Soft songs. Um, Jeff, gosh, that, that guy's real name is like Jeff Van Winkle or Todd Van Rob Van Winkle. Rob Van Winkle. Um, and he has like this funny like home contractor show on like HGTV, or he did anyway. He's also a Trump supporter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, he would like go to, he'd be like, yo, this is Rob Van Winkle here to put in a badass stereo system in my man's new cave. And it would do all these dorky shots. <laughs> such a stupid show. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then I think about it, like this movie was just a, nothing but product placements. And like, like it was just like. They had so much, yeah, product placements. Well, and what kind of product placement do you remember, like specifically about, you know, like that the rap song even? Well, maybe it wasn't so much product placement, more like just uh, merchandising. Like it was just like you. This movie was kind of built to be this a lot more like heavy on the merchandising part of of the movie. Like it was a lot more colorful. It was just like I said, it, you know, they. They had major corporate sponsors like Pizza Hut. Um, I'm not sure if they actually there was much product placement in the movie to to correct myself, but uh, wasn't there yeah, something it, going on at Pizza Hut at the time? Like, what do you mean? I don't, I, I don't I don't have the exact like offer what like what was going on at Pizza Hut, but like oh yes, what was going on at Pizza Hut at the time? Pizza Hut had this is this is my big memory of the movie. It had. Um, they were doing like an indoor. They were like, you could go and buy a pizza and you could get that song on, on cassette tape. Like that's how you got the, the song on cassette on to listen to. And I remember my dad living in Spokane and taking me and my brothers there to have, uh, have, have pizza, go have pizza. And I, to get this, your get dad this took you to pizza hut to buy pizza and get a vanilla ice cassette single. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that, is I 19, that is as 1991 as it gets. Um, yeah, that was, uh, that was a very, that was a very important time in my life. Um, and I, think other, I think there's other songs on it too. Like there wasn't just that song. There was, there was more, more on the, on the cassette as well. So, you know, and I imagine that my dad hoards everything in like, a he has like, a what's that called? Like a storage unit. Yeah. And uh, this might exist. Cause I don't think, believe he ever got rid of all of it, got rid of his, the cassette tape. When was the last time you went through that storage unit? I, I haven't been through it. Would he let you go through it? Oh yeah, absolutely. You gotta go through it. Think of the gems you're going to find you know, the beginning of uh sons of anarchy. Like the pilot episode starts like this, like Jax is in like his dad's storage unit and he finds all these like treasures and like mysteries that he has to go solve. That's like the beginning of the show. This could be the beginning of your show. That's that's true. My beginning of my Sons of Anarchy. Um, that didn't end well for Jax, by the way. Um, so okay, never mind. Uh, I never watched that show. Um, yeah, I mean, other than Vanilla Ice, I mean, 
how do you feel about this uh the ooze and the, the that and that origin story like they i guess they needed to explain that of how the ninja turtles became who they were well, um even though like i was six i remember thinking splinter's origin story was cool in the first movie i was seven i remember thinking this one was kind of goofy i, I don't want to say it was dumb but it wasn't cool it was these big cartoony excuse me big cartoony canisters of you know nickelodeon slime like gack or something you know and it makes you grow big and monstrous and it was just i don't know <laughs> felt kind of corny more merchandising um yeah but <laughs> i think there was definitely probably ooze you could buy uh yeah the the, the origin story just they I, they were just grabbing at straw grasping at straws to like create a movie really quick i imagine like they're like what is the most like what is something that we can sell about the story of the turtles that like makes sense and can make it into a movie and it, it that was it and i think they even like i think the reboot and like the the CGI versions that Michael Bay produced, like the ooze is another big part of the, or the big part of the story for that movie too. Um, so, but yeah, it was just, it was, Do contrived. You remember the, it was contrived. that's right. Do you remember the scene in part two where Raphael gets kidnapped and the other three turtles, like got to break into this compound to rescue him. Mm -hmm. And it's like right before they first meet token Razar and they like, they're like spying outside the compound and they go seems quiet. And the other one goes, yeah, a little too quiet. And then they beat up like one foot soldier to get to where Raphael is. He goes, that was easy. And one goes, yeah, a little too easy. Then they sneak along and they go, look, there's Raph. And he goes, yeah, a little too Raph. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why that stuck with me forever, but I always thought that was funny. <laughs> I still uh, think it's kind of funny. I tried to play the drop, but it's too long and drawn out. <laughs> the the uh, I was the other stupid dumb shit about this movie is the the lack of weapons uh if you notice in this movie there is like they do not use their weapons at all in the movie it's all hand-to-hand -hand combat and this is another thing that we're like parents were so upset about the last movie the first movie and them using weapons all the time that they like they could only use their weapons like i think they use them like twice in this movie so like and it's probably something that you don't ever notice but like if you go back you're like why aren't they using their weapons why aren't they using their like like they could only use them as like props in the movie. Um, Parents trying to protect their kids have ruined everything cool for me in my life. Um, I will say that the the as a as going back and watching this later, some of the not dumb shit about this movie is that they recast uh, the the character of um, April April O'Neil, and they use a, a new actress, and she's beautiful like uh and i i remember i watched this movie probably about six months ago with my kids and i was like oh like she is a much more like april o'neill than the other april o'neill was so Paige uh, turco is her name i don't think she's had much of a i'm not, not, I'm not sure I, I don't know i'm not familiar with her um but uh but yeah um anything else about I me mean, like i this movie to me is just like it's just candy. Like it, it really is just like a very, like you use that you use that a lot when you're describing when on our podcast you talk about how things are candy or how they're popcorn like a lot. Sorry, that's just no. I'm not. I'm just not saying you need to apologize. Just I, I need to find a different word. Is that what you're saying? Well, I think it would be helpful if you clarified what that means. Is what approachable, I'm like easy to take in, like. Like popcorn means like it's just a movie to enjoy, like and 
like there's no deep thinking here. I mean, all these movies are like both of these movies are probably popcorny movies. Like and candy means like it's just like it's easy to take. Like it's an easy like there's nothing there's nothing about this movie that makes it very like deep. Like it's just candy. Like well, no, it's not deep. I mean, the title is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Two: The Secret of the Ooze. Let me explain what 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 these terms meant. Right. <laughs> well, it would have been a really lame deep movie. <laughs> right. what Raphael yeah. like deciding where to go um, to college and he's ha- has has right. fallouts with his girlfriend. Does, does it does it hold up today? Does this there's a sequel to to the Teenage Mutant Turtles? Does it hold up today, Adam? Maybe like three, four years ago, I was having a birthday party and everybody was coming over at like seven, eight PM, and this is in California, and Big Chris came over early and he and mm-hmm. I watched this movie. <laughs> And I don't know why we both just felt like watching it and we watched it and everyone started showing up around the go ninja, go ninja, go scene. Right. And mm-hmm. Big Chris and I like, Hey, check it out. We like turned it up and no, like everyone was so not into it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like they just wanted me to turn it off. They don't like Chris and I thought it was funny, but like, I, and I don't, I, in short, I don't know that it does hold up. I think it's a little hokey these days. It, do, it does not hold up. Um, I, in my opinion, like they should have just, I, I bet they wish they would have just stopped after the first one or maybe waited two years to make a, a, a different sequel because well, waiting the- doesn't necessarily work. We saw what happened with part three. That's true. But f- for those who don't know, the first movie cost $13 million to make and made $202 million at the box office. That's a, that's humongous. Uh, the sequel cost $35 million to make and only made $45 million in the, in the box office. So you do the math. Um, so like this movie was not a success and, and honestly, I don't know how it led to the third movie, which we will briefly talk about because this movie should never have been made. Um, it was, it's it was, called, it's, a piece it's called of shit. Teenage Ninja Turtles three, um, sometimes called, Turtles in Time, like in a sub, with the subtitle, but it's that, not. No, only idiots call it Turtles in Time. Only people that don't know the difference between the Super Nintendo <laughs> Turtle game called Turtles in Time versus this movie call it Turtle. Like no one else calls it Turtles in Time. Um, and I'll give you the the brief synopsis. Turn the Teenage Mutant Turtles find this like this weird Japanese thing, like time time machine device that sends them back to Japan, and I that's it. Like I it doesn't make the movies. Ve- very weird and does not make any sense. It does not, it should not have ever been made. <laughs> yeah. It's like, a bad movie. I couldn't tell you what it's about either, except they get involved in some weird plot in the samurai ages to help mm-hmm. one village defend themselves from another village, something like that. You know, relationships are made and lost and all that shit. A couple of reprisals. Corey Feldman was back at Donatello and perfect. Elias Cotius was back as uh, Casey Jones. Yeah. So, so they, uh, they tried to fix a few things. But the plot was so bad. I, I honestly don't know anybody that likes this movie. I can't even watch it. I think it's so uninteresting. I find it a very uninteresting movie. And and yeah. I, I don't mean to generalize at all, but there was a lot of like 80s and 90s movies that tried to like go to Asia. Let's do an Asian episode or an Asian movie. Like Karate Kid Part 2 is a good example. Mm. And there oh. it like doesn't work. Like they don't, they try and like capture Asian, you know, sentiment with like Western style and it, it's so hard to pull off. And this movie did not work at all. Yeah, it, it didn't work at all. Um, I don't remember, like I, I remember seeing this movie. I actually, we had this on VHS and we probably watched this movie way too much. And we, 
than we should have. Um, but actually, I, I want to go back and watch it now because I I want to see how terrible Why? it is. No, it's so bad. It's so boring. It's a boring movie. Yeah. It's um, bad. I remember thinking it was bad when it came out and I was like nine. And I remember like my friend owned it and he like would want to watch it. And I was like, why? The movie sucks. Let's watch part one or two again. <laughs> um, interestingly enough, um, it made... And I'm gonna have to renege on my last thing I said. the The second movie cost twenty five million dollars to make, and it actually did make seventy five uh, million dollars. Um, but so it was kind of a success, which is probably what led to the the third movie. Um, so, but this, yeah, terrible reviews. Yeah, go watch it if you want to. <laughs> yeah, let's not spend too much time on it. Um, um, so, I, I wanted I wanted to bring up. We did our Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles video game podcast a couple episodes, and we had a special giveaway at the end of that episode, and we even had a winner. Brennan, do you want to talk about that and how he can redeem his gift? Yeah. So our winner from our first one was Adam Lang. He he wrote a review of us on Apple Podcasts. Um, I think we read it a couple episodes. I don't have it up right now to read, but uh, he won, and uh, Ow. we're gonna we're we're gonna send him a pizza, just like um, Pizza Hut used to exactly and and then we're but we want to do the same for this one so if you want to re, if you go review the show for the first one to review the show after you listen to the show um on apple Podcasts, we'll send you a pizza so yeah. uh and to get your pizza all you have to do is leave a review and then contact us to give us the day you want it and your address and we'll have it delivered from a pizza company to your door perfect uh, um and that's how we feel about our super 90s bros fans and we think you guys are the best and you can Tell us you think we're the best by leaving us those awesome kick-ass five-star reviews that we covet, that we desire, that we long for. It's our sustenance. We ask for it all the time. But we'd also love to interact with you more, like Adam Lang. Uh, you can reach out on Facebook, on Insta, at Bropomode, at Super90sBros. Um, mm -hmm. You can, where else? At, oh, Super90sBrothers at gmail.com. All mm -hmm. spelled out. That You can reach out to Brennan and make a request or just bullshit with us. Tell us what you like. Tell us things that we said that pissed you off. I'm, I'm waiting for more hate mail. I deserve it. Yes, we, we deserve a lot of hate mail. So, especially uh, me. Especially Adam. Um, yeah, and do you have any? Do we we have anything to wrap up with this? Like, I, I would say if you go watch these movies, and they're available somewhere. I think they're available on either Netflix or Hulu, or I'm not sure. There, I there I've seen them in the in the ether on the in the on streaming services, so they're available to watch for free. Um, but I would say if you're going to go back and watch these movies, watch the first one, and then you know tempt yourself with the second one and then this stay away from the third one. So. I don't think this is the move kind of you like go back and watch with your wife or anything. This is like a movie you have to watch with like a buddy, unless your wife liked Ninja Turtles, in which case she'd be super cool. But I don't know. I, I could never imagine sitting down and watching this with my parents or my wife or my sister. I could only watch it with someone like you. I just, I just probably watch it by myself or watch it with my kids. So uh, oh, yeah, you could um, have kids and force them to do things. That's part of being an adult and having kids, the slave labor. Yeah. <laughs> well they they love ninja turtles now so i don't know if it's because of these movies or the other ones but they like them so uh i like to, i like to be able to pass it on to my kids yeah so. and we want you to pass this show along to your kids your friends your parents your peripherals super 90s bros loves you guys we want to interact with you more we're gonna be releasing lots of episodes this year 2021 is gonna be a big year for super 90s bros and you guys are gonna learn all about it and unless there's anything else for brennan pointer I am Adam J. Pitzler. This has been another shell-shredding episode of Super 90s Bros, TMNT 1 and 2, the movie style. So, leave us some feedback and enjoy 2021. Happy New Year. 
Happy New Year and uh, peace. This podcast was produced and edited by Speak Spokane.